Welcome back to Reality 2.0. I'm Catherine Druckmann. I am talking to Doc Searles, who you know is my co-host. And we have our very special guest, Sean Powers, back on today because we love talking to Sean and we always He's have a good time. Co-host at large. <laughs> yes. And I think that uh, we'll all have a good time when portfolio. Sean's around too. <laughs> if you don't know who Sean is, just just uh, Google Sean Powers. Well, you know what? Actually, I think you'll get an actor. But so look up. No, no, Sean no. Powers. If you Google Sean Powers now, uh, my Wikipedia page pops up. Yes. Yeah. And, it, and if it doesn't, you can go to our website at reality2cast.com. That is the number two in the URL, and you can click on his bio as a guest and and cool. find him. Find I didn't him know I had a bio places. as a guest. You you do? Yes, of course, of course you do. Was it written um, by ChatGPT? He foreshadows for later in the episode. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's a good tease. We no, will get to but Chat I'm going to try doing it. I think I'm going to try that <laughs> next. In fact, that. later in the episode, we're going to try writing that real quick. So uh, mm-hmm. anyway, but we have we have a few things to talk about. Uh, the first is what the hell happened to Rackspace? Um, okay, so that's number one. Number two is we're going to talk number a little two. bit about Apple implementing or announcing end-to-end encryption of iCloud storage. So that's cool. And the third thing, I think we're going to talk a little bit about chat GPT in the fun way, because teaser for next week, we are talking uh, to some AI experts to tell us all about how it works. And I think we might do a little bit deeper dive next time, but this time we're just going to have a little fun, talk about what it is and look up goofy stuff. So join us. Um, (laughs) So since I've already uh, reminded people to go to our website at reality2cast.com, I don't think I need to pause and do that. But I do want to say a quick thank you to all the people who comment and and who are contributors on Patreon and coffee and all those sorts of things. And yeah, for all the feedback we get, we really appreciate it. And thank you all for listening. So Doc, tell us what's going on with Rackspace, because I followed a little bit and it seems to be a dumpster fire. It's a, it's, well, I... In in a blog post, uh, if you go shortcut doc.searles.com, the last latest blog post there is one I did. That at the top of it is a is a flaming crater <laughs> with the word Rackspace in it, because that's what it is, and it is especially for me because I have my my personal email, um, my name at searles.com, was hosted there uh, at Rackspace's, not just at Rackspace, but at their special. Um, uh, exchange server. I mean, I had more than, when I like all of Searles.com, there are five email addresses there. It's not a big organization as it were. It's a family. And all, all of us were at, at, at Rackspace and we have been around Rackspace since the late nineties when Rackspace was founded. Uh, in fact, Linux journal are one of our servers and one of the places that our, we, our server lived at the, for a long time was Rackspace. And when they were just started as, Two, two, two guys, maybe three guys in a dorm in San Antonio, Texas. It's a close familial relationship that I've had with them for a long time. So, and I've cut them a lot of slack and, and they used to have what they called fanatical customer service. And now this was severely tested. Well, anyway, I, my email got too big for their basic service. They talked me into going into their exchange server because that's bigger and better and better and all of that stuff. Well, that's what got attacked by ransomware, according to, the, to them. Um, they have a series of postings about it. They've been off the air now for over a week. There is no sign that anything is going to get solved here. They said it was a, a ransomware attack. If you look up the way ransomware works, they, you know, um, bad guys find a way to get into the server. They encrypt the, the whole damn thing and then issue a request or requirement that in order to decrypt the whole thing, you will have to send um, Bitcoin or something else to the bad guys. And then they'll, they'll set it free. And they've clearly not done that. <laughs> they've, not, they've not sent uh, the ransom money to these people, whoever they are. They just say they're investigating it and they've brought in a special firm and all hands are on deck and a bunch of other stuff like that. In the meantime, it, you know, I'm just one guy. Now, m- the entirety of my life is online. And I, I, I chronicle everything I do with email. Email is like my history. And it's, I, it, most of it seems to be gone, but some of it isn't. And it's not clear to me why some of it's there and some of it isn't because I wasn't that clear on how IMAP works. So um, 
but there's like, I was looking up something I sent last week or the week before I couldn't find it. Of course I can't find it. It was a rack space. It's gone. So it's really bad. And, um, it's not, it should be a trending topic. There are, there are thousands of companies worldwide that are hosted there and their email is gone. It's just wasted. And there are lawsuits and the rest of it. And the, what little has been reported on it is on things like what's it going to do to their stock prices, stuff like that, rather than the absolute catastrophe that it is and what its import is for the whole cloud business. I mean, we trust our, we trust our lives to these things and they are vulnerable. They're totally vulnerable. And the bigger something is, the bigger attack service they have. Now, I don't know if it's just me, but I get, I probably get more spam, more phishing emails for Rackspace than anything else. Hmm. You know, you, you know, be sure to do this with Rackspace, do that with Rackspace. And, I, and I, I can spot them all, but I'm sure what happened is somebody fell for a phishing attack. The attackers got inside through that response to a phishing attack. And that's probably why so many Rackspace customers like me were spammed for the longest time with phishing. Some phishing worked. And this has got to be happening all over the place all the time. And I'm not saying anything yeah. new to anybody, but it's been, I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, it, it's been a week and I have no faith that this thing is going to get fixed. Maybe ever. I have a lot of hope, but not much faith. Yeah, I've read actually that a lot of larger companies, uh, this happens to them and they will just pay the extortion, right. extortionate fees because if the if it gets out or people, you know, lose contact for a long time, it will tank their stock prices. It will, you know, it'll be so detrimental to the company as a whole that they just pay it, which is just mortifying. But uh, so like, yeah, they it's just not a, afford it? Like what, what's going on? Yeah, that's extortion racket. I mean, that... That, that this extortion racket can exist without being more well better known than it is. It's well, I, that's amazing. the thing. I think it 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 probably it, it's so successful because the uh, not shame really. You know, if there's a financial shame, you know, uh, you know, the, to protect the integrity of the company, companies will just pay it off, so, and so it doesn't get a lot of press because it mm. isn't you know, it's purposefully kept out of the press, you know? Um, so I I mean, it makes sense. It's depressing how, how effective it is. I, I, what makes me, you know, I'm just an IT guy. I'm not a, I'm not a big corporate owner owner, but I wonder about, I mean, how to back up processes. I mean, it seems like if something like that happened to one of my servers, I'd be like, oh, that sucks. I'm going to have to restore from one of my offsite backups that I took yesterday. You're right. It used to be offsite was for that. It's like, we, I, yeah. I also have offsite and I can back up what I had. I think I had that when, I mean, both my website, before they went to Rackspace, like in the mid nineties, my website and my email were in a box. They were in two Linux boxes actually just sat under my desk, you know, courtesy of Linux Journal. You know, I got help from the geeks there. I had my own SMTP and I think then it was POP3. So everything came down. I didn't, with POP3, it, you do have it, right? It's not in, in a cloud or your yeah, cloud or it, anybody else. You pull it off the server to your local machine. Right. And it's it's old fashioned, but boy, uh, I kind of wish I had it now because it would have it all on my machine until that dies. Yeah. But then you probably, you, you should have another backup in another place. I mean, that's right. I, that, yeah. that's what the part that makes me wonder what's, what's going on when all the things happen. Like, it seems like, and Kyle would probably be the better person to talk about this. It seems like the disaster plans uh, sh- should account for the potential for this sort of a thing. And I, I and I don't know. I again, I'm just a I'm just a tech guy that is paranoid. So I have, I mean, all my email is on a server. I have an offsite backup of that that happens every day. Plus, I have a copy of all of my emails that go to a third account in another email that just gets automatically forwarded in case something were to happen. You know, I, that's just cause I'm paranoid. So I don't know. Yeah. It seems like if somebody was paying me, I would be extra paranoid, but maybe not. So, yeah. So that's the, the rack space disaster. It's just really bad. Yeah. And, uh, and most of the, I was just looking, most of the news about it is what's it going to do to their stock price? And like, Jesus, you know, it's, it's so much bigger than that. Yeah. And I haven't heard about it at all which says something. Yeah. I I followed it just a little bit only because it was, um, you know, 
ruining Doc's life temporarily. Yeah, that's the only. That's so, how that's I heard about only, it. You know, yeah. I heard yeah. about it because well, it, yeah, it's it's. And then it's I looked made, it up and saw there was a lawsuit, and wow, it's me. I mean, it it ate my life. Most actually, it's probably eighty to ninety percent of the energy I've put. I, I've, I've the time I've spent at a computer since it started a week ago yesterday has been on this thing and, and moving us. We moved to Hover. Um, all our emails are now hosted at Hover. Um, I'm just hoping that when Rackspace comes back up, I can get in there. You know, mm-hmm. I can still get in there and, and to get, get the it stuff off or get yeah. somebody, some, somebody to help me get it. And not that they say, Hey, well, you know, uh, you're hosted somewhere else now. So screw you. I doubt they'll say that, but I mean, I even asked, um, uh, one of the founders of Rackspace, um, uh, who we all know actually, uh, a few days ago and he's having the same problem. He can't get through to him either. It doesn't matter. You know, they're, he's, he's not with a company anymore. Correct. No, no, he, no, he hasn't been for a long time. Yeah, that's what I thought. You know, the two people you know, that I know of are no longer there. So. Yeah, yeah, they're not. They're not there. But they should have. We don't. We don't have any pull with Linux journal. Yeah. So. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well put. <laughs> we don't even know what it is at this point. Except yeah, they deleted yeah. the YouTube channel, even so. Oh, yeah. They did. Uh, oh boy. Yeah. Yeah, I suspect it was an accident. Yeah, I yeah. I actually, I actually reached out, happened, uh, complaining, and they said, "Yeah, we didn't get that." So it was if it. It was on accident, whatever happened. It's actually, as it turns out, yeah. based on personal experience, it's actually kind of easy to accidentally delete all of your YouTube content. For example, um, if you were to go clean up your email addresses and you deleted, let's say you're like, oh, I don't know what this email address is for. And that's the one to your YouTube oh, account. Well, oh, there yeah. goes the whole thing. I know this because we accidentally did this once and fortunately fa- you know, found it, noticed it and recovered it really quickly but oh, yeah oh if you wait you know if you've done that and then wait i can't remember three seven days it's gone it's just gone thanks well yeah it's gone it so is what it is it yeah, i have most of sad. the stuff i did backed up yeah so I like i can still link that, to your scott evest video somewhere right uh yeah so if you're a patreon supporter it's in the welcome basket <laughs> ah, okay but there's nowhere public where you can have where we can link to the, the old video i you know maybe somewhere in archive.org possibly oh, okay. on well, vimeo because for a while we uploaded to multiple places but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i remember that well i'll look uh yeah so hmm. yeah that's un- anyway sorry not to yeah. completely digress go off on a tangent there <laughs> um so speaking of having backups Oh, yeah, yeah. That might be a nice segue. That, into that was a nice segue. Topic. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I like me a good segue. Segue. That was a good one. Yeah. 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 We didn't so, have an ad. We so, have to you tease know what's or even better. <laughs> what's even better than a backup is an encrypted backup. And even better than encryption is end to end encryption, right? Okay. Well, I think that segue works. Um, so, Apple, Apple recently announced that it was uh, going to enable, I believe I read um, possibly early 2023. I'm going to call you out. uh, (laughs) They're going to enable R2-D2 encryption. Oh, I totally did that. Yeah, I sent a message earlier um, to Sean and and some others saying, oh, hey, look, Apple, you know, enabled R2-D2 encryption because it it auto-corrected R2-D2 somehow. Only CGO can understand it, actually. That's just auto-correct having fun because that's... Yeah, I, you know, I... I kind of enjoyed that. So um, yeah. I will always think of end-to-end encryption as R2D2 encryption now. From so. now on, R2D2 <laughs> encryption. Um, yeah, so they're they're we we're gonna get that soon. Apple users who use iCloud backup, and I think this is a, this is great news. Fantastic feature. It um, is. Is it specifically just for backups, like for phone backups and iPad backups and things? Or, I mean, um. As opposed to what? Well, I don't know. Like I they, I mean, there's files. You know, you can like iCloud files and like all any, of your chat history that you, is stored. That you put in the cloud is now end-to-end encryption. Or that's the impression okay. I got. I, I guess yeah, I need to read that supposed again. Supposed to be. But, okay. Yeah, but if and you I, were I imagine, storing something. Yeah, my my issue with end-to-end encryption, R2D2 encryption, if you will, um, <laughs> is the management of the keys, right? And mm-hmm. Catherine, you and I specifically, uh, well, me for some reason, it worked okay for you when we were chatting with Kyle using uh, a matrix server on two different versions of matrix servers, um, the handing off of the end-to-end encryption keys was awkward at best. And I got to think that's something that Apple will just 
nail, right? I mean, they tend to be really good at the end user's experience to just that just to have it work. And so that probably won't be an issue, but it, it, it is sometimes because you have to, because there's, there's this weird chicken and egg problem where you have to get your public key to the person that you want to chat with, you know, end to end encryption, but you need to get it to them in a way that is trustworthy. And how do you trust that it's them whose key you're getting, if that makes sense. You know, I mean, it's like, you mm-hmm. know, we used to have, uh, Apple we, magic. not me, <laughs> uh, yes. the cool kids used to have like physical, like I don't, they called them something where they would oh. get together to swap keys. Key signing parties. Yeah, 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 exactly. Where you were physically in the room with the person and you would mm-hmm. physically give each other your public keys. Um, because otherwise, how do you know that it's the real person who you are? And and like Matrix, they do this, you know, they, they try to be like, okay, uh, use another communication tool and talk to each other to make sure you're seeing the same string of emojis. I don't know if you remember that process. Yep. Mm-hmm. And all they're doing is trying to make sure that you have the actual keys to the people who you're trying to communicate with. So I got to think that Apple's just going to make that seamless and, and, you know, automatic, but it's a, it's a problem when you're trying to communicate with somebody because there has to be that initial way to trust them. Yeah. So just to answer your your earlier question. So and and I wanted to point out that things like health data have always been intended encrypted or have not always not forever but <laughs> for for a while. Um and so but what what this adds is intent encryption for photo backup which was contentious and um just iCloud backups in general, notes, that sort of thing. So there were, there were a few categories of data, like health, uh, that that were already in the encrypted, but this so just expands that. So they clearly can handle the keys somehow. Yes, exactly. So this is not a brand, a completely brand new feature. It's just an expanded feature, let's say, um, which is nice. So so yeah, um, it's you know I think it's good news, but I think the most interesting thing is maybe just the fact that activists and consumers actually had a voice and Apple listened to it. Yeah, because this is in response, right? To yes, there was something that we backlash. talked about. Yeah, I mean, yes, I was on that did. episode. We where I made a t-shirt. It. I don't think anybody ordered one. <laughs> but yes, it was, what was it? The screeching voice of the minority that, you know, there was a huge backlash about scanning people's private photos. Basically, you know, unwarranted search on people, you know, with no, um, no yeah, regardless basis, of intention. Just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just like by default, scanning scanning people's photos on their own devices. A lot of people thought that was uncool, potentially quite dangerous, especially in, you know, just because you trust, I don't know, Apple and, you know, maybe you trust some government somewhere. That certainly doesn't mean you trust all of them, right? So, um, yeah. Anyway, it, 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 end-to-end encryption and, you know, is key to preserving privacy and security. And a lot of people know that. And a lot yeah. of people understand it in spite of the fact that some people do not. So, you know, because of that, there were petitions and, 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 and um, you know, tons and tons of experts. It wasn't just, you know, one or two organizations. It was, it was you know, many that signed a petition. And, and you know, how many things did you read from the EFF about this? I, I read quite a few. Um, basically, any expert that who I follow and respect was pe- pushing back heavily against their plan. And they backed off and they listened. And I think that's quite admirable, actually, and interesting. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, what do, you, what do y'all think? I'm with the yeah. activists on it. But I, I think the, uh, you know, there, it's a trade-off. You know, it is a trade-off and it will have, it will have law enforcement implications, you know, and that's, then the FBI doesn't like angry. that. Yeah, they're, yeah. yeah. The FBI doesn't like that and it's their job not to like it, but that's, them's the breaks, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you it's, know. It's ultimately, yeah, if, if the people who actually know what they're talking about say, hey, it's safer this way, then you kind of got to listen to them in spite of whatever concerns other parties have. Um, it it yeah. brings up what That's private what spaces really are. I mean, the FBI would, if the FBI, for example, if if all of our houses by default were wired in such a way that the FBI could listen in at all our bedrooms, they would complain that, wait a minute, if you turn that off, we won't be able to do, you know, law enforcement <laughs> exactly. as well, right? And it's just, it's an accident of history and of tech that 
that they had this wiretap ability for, you know, for a long time. I mean, there's a reason you needed a court order in order to get a search warrant, you know? Um, and now, and there it's, you know, we have, what is it? The fourth amendment for unreasonable search and seizure. That's, you know, that you can reason it because uh, around, um, you know, prevailing technologies, making it easy to get at personal information doesn't make it acceptable. And so, you know, it's, I don't know what, what, I mean, reason, unreasonable is certainly open to all kinds of interpretation. But I think if the originalists on the Supreme Court or whatever, this ever comes down to that, you know, look at it and say, no, we, we never wanted that. We didn't want people to look at all our stuff and in order to protect us and, and encryption is the way to go. It, it, can I share a, it's not really a conspiracy theory. It's a concern that I have. <laughs> a concern theory. Yes, please. Yeah. So I, I'm concerned that in Apple's uh, way of making things just work, they could end to end encrypt. And, and I guess end to end to me implies a two way, you know, encryption, like the issues that we had chatting with, with Kyle and everything. Um, but I guess if, if you're just storing your data, you know, your backup data and it's encrypted on their servers, you just encrypt it and you upload it encrypted. But my concern is that Apple has all of your um, private keys somewhere safe so that when you go from device to device, you know, you can get all of your stuff and you still have access to it. So it's kind of like, oh yes, all of our doors have deadbolts and the key is on the hook outside the door in case you need to unlock it. I, you know, I worry that with great power comes great responsibility, right? If Apple truly allows us to do end-to-end encryption, that means that Apple has no access to our our keys. But that right. also means that we're responsible for keeping control of our own keys. And I'm not sure that Apple has conditioned their users to be responsible in that manner. No, if that makes sense. It's so hard to explain to people why that, how that shit works anyway. I yeah. mean, and so it, I think Apple's going to have backups is, is of a, is a private twister. key somewhere. You know, your well, private it, it key says, and your public key. It's like, who knows? I mean, it's, it's hard. What does it, it say? It says they're, um, it says they are all part of it is introducing support for third party hardware security keys with two factor authentication. So, you know, if you do, if if you enable that, if you don't have, you know, a, the said hardware security key, you know, I that you sh- it so it probably will not be enabled by default. I mean, maybe they're offering the option for people to enable it because I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I think you would I have mean, to opt in. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I just. I don't see it being as amazing as they're advertising uh, oh, for general their privacy. Is, well, nothing you know, ever is. <laughs> yeah. Nothing However. ever is. That's what their advertising is really misleading. In fact, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, I wrote about that and got a lot of pushback on it. But I mean, they made it sound like, hey, you can blow up all of these spies all at one time when in fact you're asking them not to follow you. <laughs> it's, it's the difference between asking and blowing things up. And, yeah. you know, like password anyway. managers. Password managers are are critical, and and not just for security. At this point, for me, it's it's just managing so many passwords, right? It's I mean, really, you just have yeah. to have a way. Um, and the companies like LastPass or Bitwarden, any of the any of the companies that provide stuff, I mean, they have to go so far out of their way to say, if you lose your password, we cannot help you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. And then I'm sure people still lose their password, and they lose all access to their you know to their stuff. Um, but when your stuff is passwords, that's super annoying. If your stuff is all of your photos and all of your everything on your phone, that's a scarier place to be. So I I worry that Apple's going to have too many safety nets for people. It's it's to be practically you know. It's a hard private. thing to for them to explain and make right. Yeah, I there's I mean the a good thing I suppose is that. They have done, it, it's a really smart thing for them to position themselves as your privacy friend. They are, you're giving your life to Apple and we are making a promise to you that you're, we're going to keep all this stuff private for you. We're going to help keep you private. All that stuff, because nobody else is doing that. Microsoft isn't doing it, but Apple's doing it because we pay them. We pay them a lot. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. a lot of money. I mean, your iPhone costs seven hundred, nine hundred dollars, fifteen hundred dollars, two thousand dollars with tax for your iPad Pro with two that terabytes paid. in it. Thirty-five I mean, bucks a month for storage. Yeah, yeah, I mean, thirty money for storage, money for the cloud, money for this and that. Um, all these kind of accessories that don't work with anything else, and <laughs> um, and it's it's um, yeah. I mean, but the important thing is they work for us. If you're an Apple customer, they're working for you. They're responsible to you. Google is not. Facebook is not. Most of the other bigs are not. Twitter is not. But they are. And they're taking it. They're being responsible about it. But it may be impossible. I mean, the full the full implications of this are there's no way we can protect everything all the time. And there are going to be trade-offs and some, you know, some people are going to hate us for it. But. And that's the thing. I mean, it's, it is cliche and I already said it once in the episode, but I'll say it again. You know, with yeah. great power comes great responsibility. If you want yeah. to have all of your stuff encrypted and be the only one with access to it, that means you're the only one with access to it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, yeah. it is what it is. I mean, I, I have my... I'm excited that they're talking about it even, even if it's just no, it an is, option for I mean, people who want to do it. Cool. I, I have my, you know... My password manager, I use Dashlane, which I have very mixed feelings about, but um, I started with them, so I'm sticking with them. Uh, That's why I have LastPass, because I started with them. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, no I, don't know, I don't know, I mean, I don't even want to try an alternative. It's just like, I just spent a week moving to an alternative um, <laughs> email. email thing. <laughs> so it's like, these are, it's like moving your house. I mean, it's really hard. And and it takes a lot of handholding and the rest of it, but but I've I do have my password, you know, written down in a place where if I get hit by a bus, somebody can find it, and, and my relatives can find it and get it stuff. Um, I think that's important, you know. I think it's part of your your will, as it were. And the difference is that you know your will. I guess your will isn't public information either, so maybe not. But you know, you do need to bear these things in mind. Not that it's going to make things easy, but yeah. And there should be two passwords written down and in a safe, your password manager login password and the password to decrypt your two factor auth, like authy, if you use authy, that should be written down too, because you you need both of them to get into your password manager. If it's two factor, if it's two factor, right. Yeah. With, with, I think with most people, it's their phone, you know, you get a text and there that is. Oh, I, yeah, I guess that that part. But I mean, like the two-factor auth when you have the, there's a term for it, whatever it is, where it's like, you know, you have 30 seconds to enter the oh, right. code and yeah, it switches, know you know. Called. We yeah, should know. Two-factor auth. I don't even know what it is. Some, so, yeah. so, Catherine, have we nailed that one to the ground? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's there should be a cooler name for it. Right? That's it. Yeah. Authenticate um, Yeah. And you know, I don't I don't know about y'all, but I have several. <laughs> it's kind of annoying because yeah, I keep trying to con- combine them, but some sites really don't like to use anything mm-hmm. else. Like I had to use uh, I use Authy as my main one, um, but then one required some Google require Authenticator Microsoft. for some. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So right now I'm just down to Authy. Anything I had to do with something else, I just quit doing. <laughs> yeah. But I don't, yeah, you know, so, I don't have a real job, so you probably have things for work. <laughs> yes, I do. So, uh, so yeah. So I think in conclusion, uh, internet encryption good. Thanks, yeah, Apple, yeah. for listening. Hopefully, it is done well. Um, yeah. So, so let's just tease a little bit. So we're gonna. I think we're gonna deep dive this next week. But in the meantime, just because it's fun and because uh, I think I, I could spend several episodes on this, frankly, let's talk a little bit about. Uh, chat gpt which you can find at chat.openai.com incidentally um so everybody so this came out I mean, a week and a half ago yeah and it's um, been the big mm-hmm. news everywhere. and it is the talk of the town as they say if if your town is a bunch of nerds <laughs> yeah and uh yeah so it's i don't know but y'all have played with it i assume i've played yeah, it, with it yeah yeah and it's I, easier so you know the the photo photographic ai stuff you know, that mm-hmm. kind of came out yeah, for like a couple of months. Too, but yeah, I, I am not creative enough in my descriptions to come up, to get it to make good pictures for me. But I think the, the chat come stuff up with some good is ones. easier. Yeah. I, I have not. Every I'm just, see, I'm just not, I'm not good enough even to instruct an AI to be awesome. So that's I, sad. <laughs> I've seen a couple. That's, of... an, that's an interesting one. I, I saw something that there was a, a job posting for a 
prompt engineer. Yeah, or yeah, like that, that's the thing. The prompts. I'm it's not actually good at like the it could be so complicated that you know you need to be specially trained to even write the prompt. Yeah, which is interesting. So because um, some things that, work better. Like I think I'm like really that's like fancy. That's a usability conversation. Turns out crap. What, what's know? the one that that Google had that like puts eyeballs all over your dog? That um, what was that? There, I don't I, know. LSD. No, it's, it's <laughs> anyway. Anyway, it, 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 like, it's okay. It, Tell. Makes Tell me what creepy. y'all have tried with, with. Have you tried anything with code? Like because we, I I, I haven't yet. But LSD I, now, right? We're talking. Actually, about no, no, no. Sorry, we're talking about the the chat 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 chatbot. Well, earlier <laughs> today, bot, Phil Winley was sharing generative AI. He's a he's a um, he's a computer scientist. He now works for AWS. You know the former. He does IW with me and and Kalia and uh, and uh, taught at BYU for a long time, and he. And so he writes code. So he asked he asked to, to write some code, and he said, "It's good enough to do your basic level. What do you call level one code writing? Just you know where mm-hmm. the deeper you want to do some easy stuff that take the work off. They, it can do that. It's pretty amazing, actually. It's the um, level two stuff where you really need to like the, the rubber meets the road, whatever that means. It's harder. It's not going to do it. But the basic stuff, it's kind of amazing." It can build scaffolding, yeah. but it's not going to like yeah, yeah, we'll, make a building. We'll do thing. your plumbing, right? Well, I understand yeah. it at some basic level, it can find 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 errors in code, suggest fixes, that sort of thing. Yeah, um, there is a, a parallel a bit to GitHub Copilot, which we talked about a while back with um, Adrian Groper. Okay, so oh, Adrian, oh um, sure. So yeah, Copilot. We uh, we talked about a while back with. Dr. Adrian Groper in the context of stifling innovation and that sort of thing. And his perspective is through health data and research. And he likened it to, um, you know, when, when you stifle the ability to give attribution to, you know, build on the, the research of others, you're, you, you then you, you stifle progress. And, and that was his concern about co-pilot. And I think that's kind of interesting because, you know, this is, this is a similar thing. Uh, what's the license, you know, on, on code yeah. generated by this? How, so that, that, that's one thing, but, but, but all concern aside and, you know, all Skynet <laughs> concerns aside, it's actually kind of fun. Like it I, I haven't actually tried anything with code I... yet. I'm, I'm going to try, like, here, here's, here's something I need, write me some regex to filter this, this block here of, of text that I, I want mm. to look like this. That's that that seems like a great uh, great Yeah, again, you're going to have to like figure out the way to ask that properly, right? I know, that's, exactly. That's yeah, the, I'll have to figure part. that out. I, so the, and it, it is it's it's fascinating and it's just modeled on existing information. So yeah, that that's where the, you know, copyright uh, you know, intellectual property stuff comes into play like um I I saw somebody and this was a photo issue. They said, you know, um make a picture of uh an Afghan woman with green eyes in it created a picture but it was almost pixel for pixel the picture that was on like the cover of time magazine of national, yeah, yeah. national geographic or national geographic yeah so like you know that that's a little bit like okay so you're just taking other stuff and and remixing it and yeah. this one didn't require much stirring apparently uh, but right. something like a, a i added a link so Maybe you can put it in the show notes here, but uh, John Green, I'm a big John Green fan. That is not why my hair is green, but that, that, yeah, that is coincidence. He's great. But, he's great. Uh, John Green is great. And him and his brother have been doing vlog brothers, uh, you know, videos for, yeah. gosh, like 15 years or a something. And he had uh, the chat GPT make an episode of vlog brothers. Uh, and it was funny. He like said in the style of the King James Bible and, uh, but, you know, it was like, oh. And, but it, it got a lot of the nuance of their, you know, their videos correct. Now, how did it get all that information? You know, I, that's just fascinating to me that uh, with that prompt, uh, you know, a Vlogbrothers video uh, in the style of the King James Bible. And it like pulled all the apparently closed caption generated stuff from all of YouTube. I don't even know. But it's interesting that it, it wasn't perfect by any means. Uh, it wouldn't have fooled anybody necessarily. Uh, but it was disturbingly on track. <laughs> huh. Well, this is interesting. So, so just, I, I, I'm playing with it really, honestly, as we speak. Um, I, I will quickly share that I, I, um, I asked it to write me a haiku about the Reality 2.0 podcast. I will read it to you. <laughs> okay. In a virtual world, Reality 2.0 unfolds. 
minds are expanded. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know. You know what? Right? Put that on our website. I was going to say. And, 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 and I'm putting this on the website. Put a chat, chat GPT as, as the source. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's so, a new t-shirt. I know. I know. And, so you know, I've, I've done quite a few like this, actually. Um, some of them have been good. Unfortunately, I lost them because I didn't save them and it, the screen refreshes and when you revisit it. But anyway, um, another thing that I did that was interesting that I, I don't have, I, I've been playing with the idea of, you know, what, what is the implication on journalism and, 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 you know, content creation and stuff like that. And I, I did one and I said, you know, uh, I said, write, write an interview about, and I insert topic here and it, it, it wasn't that good, but what was interesting, it was a very kind of cursory um, Q and a, but it, it wrote the questions and the answers. It was <laughs> mm. Like you could literally copy and paste it and it would be a very basic blog post right there on the wow. topic. And it wasn't terrible. Um, probably better than a lot of, a lot of them out there. And, uh, that was weird. Um, really earlier when we were about getting ready to record, I, I, po- I, I wrote in, write me a research paper about the civil war. Right. So something that every, you know, 13 year old <laughs> has to do in school or something. Right. Um, and it wrote me seven decent paragraphs. Like I would, I would totally copy and paste this in middle school. Um, and, and that's an interesting conundrum. If I were a teacher, I would absolutely hate this. I wonder. Um, so teacher, I'm sorry to, to interject, but yeah, I worked at a school and that was a big issue, you know, but, uh, teachers have, there are tools for teachers to copy and paste turned in assignments to compare against right. huge databases, um, you know, to see if right. it was but copyrighted. If it's not, I'm curious. Well, I'm curious if it, it would it match enough, you because know, I mean, it, should. it didn't I, remix the I did Afghan notice. woman with green eyes enough. So I did notice when I asked similar questions, this was a few days ago and I can't remember exactly what the prompts are, but I, I did reuse a few phrases quite a bit in different, okay. different prompts. So that was, and I wonder if that's from a specific so that, source. Yeah. That might be a giveaway. I believe I asked it to uh, write a poem about chihuahuas or something. <laughs> anyway, so the other one that I did, and this is because I literally, just as you said, the the Green Brothers, um, I, I said, I asked it to write a podcast script about privacy technology. And I didn't say the name of our podcast, <laughs> but the output, and I did earlier when I prompted it for something else. So I guess it's remember. learning. Um, but it says, welcome to the Reality 2.0 podcast. I'm your host host name. And today we're going to be talking about privacy technology. The world we live in today is more connected than ever before. With the proliferation of smartphones, laptops, and other devices, it's easier than ever to access the internet and share information. But this increased connectivity has also raised concerns about our privacy. And it's several paragraphs. I mean, it's written by a fourteen-year-old for 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 a civics class. It's a yeah. It's good. I I just asked it to compare open source and free software, and it was perfect. I have to say, I'm, I asked it about ActivityPub, and it gave me three paragraphs on what ActivityPub is, and they, those seem right on too. Earlier today, I did this thing where we were there's a, a movement that suddenly bloomed that came up a couple of weeks ago called. Um, uh, S, um, and surveillance capitalism or ESC, uh, like the escape key. And we've got a t-shirt already. That's the mm-hmm. escape key. And, um, and so I, I asked it, what would, what would a conservative Republican think about surveillance capitalism? And I asked, what would a liberal Democrat think about surveillance capitalism? In both cases, it said they wouldn't like it. And and why? And it was really good. And I used it in my argument that we keep the name, <laughs> you know, pretty much. So it's it's really helpful um, on some things. But I also asked it because my wife has a new MacBook um, Air with the MagSafe three connector on it. So Apple has had three different MagSafe connectors. They are not compatible. They're not substitutable. You can get little adapters, but no, there's no adapter yet. For the for the MagSafe three, so I asked it something on MagSafe three, and it kept trying to t- convince me. It argued with me, saying there is no MagSafe three, like it's a myth. And, and I said, here it is in on the Apple on this Apple page, and it said, I'm sorry, but um, I was trained only on data through 2021, so or through half of 2021. Ah. So I don't I more recent stuff I don't know, 
which is really interesting. And it, it really, it, it's, it's Turing, uh, it, 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 it's pretty good Turing test pass. I hate to say in some ways. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I think next step is we need to ask a teacher. So, so <laughs> how do you uh, verify this? I'm going to find a teacher friend and, and send, send them my uh, civil war report and see yeah. if they can yeah, any, any out. high school teacher, middle school, and you can Google, I mean, they're, they're free sites. So if you just Google, um, you know, check plagiarism, check plagiarism, yeah. teacher check. Yeah. It'll, yeah. There, there's sites out there. You just copy and paste and it'll, it'll flag it probably changed it enough that it wouldn't, you know, just like yeah. a, just like a good middle schooler changes enough of the words so that it, <laughs> it doesn't. So yeah. It, it's, wow. you know, it's interesting stuff. So the, this, this organization behind it, this open API organization was created by quite a few people. One of them is Elon Musk actually, but I don't believe he's involved anymore. But the, the idea behind this and the tools that they, they create are, are, are to create AI applications that are good for humanity or something that that's their mission. And mm. I think that's, that's, well, that's ambitious. I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's an interesting because you know I, I will you know always in the back of my mind or like Stephen Hawking's comments about AI. Yeah, um, yeah. You look course, at the list you know, of founders. Skynet. Here. It's uh yeah Elon Musk. Uh, Stephen Hawking uh, was John not Connor. AI uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> he was not a fan either. Denied that, I not suppose. A... <laughs> I just asked it. Because I shot some photos when I was flying east yesterday. Um, San Gorgonio is the highest mountain in Southern California, and it's pretty close to Los Angeles. And, and I asked it, what were what are the peaks along the ridge that to Mount San Gorgonio? And it gives me all of them, and it does a really good job, I got to say. I would expect those kinds of things, to yeah, be honest. Those that are, seems those like are, data lookups, hard data. right? It's hard, I it's mean, hard. Yeah. Siri could probably do that. Mm-mm. I am. Um, it's currently writing a bio for Dr. Searles, by the way, for me. For me. This is going on the website somewhere. Oh, it's writing a bio. Oh, that's it's right. That's writing that was, Doc's bio. That was the tease. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. We, I've got to look up. I'm, I'm going to write a write a bio. It, this is a long bio. This is taking a while. All right. Okay. I'm writing a bio <laughs> well, for Sean Powers. He's a complex guy. <laughs> Sean. Bio. Sean's bio. When Sean this old, is a man bio. with green hair. So Period. Doc Doc Searles is a writer, speaker. And technology analyst who is best known for his work on the intersection of technology and society. He is a senior editor at Linux Journal. Well, used to be. <laughs> <laughs> They're a little out of date. Um, and a fellow for the, at the Center for Information and Technology and Society at the UC Berkeley, uh, Santa Barbara. Searles is the co-author of the Clue Train Manifesto. This is true. A book that explores the mm-hmm. impact of the internet on business and society. Also the author of The Intention Economy, When t- Customers Take Charge. Got all that right. Yeah. Soros is a leading voice in the field of technology and society. This is very flattering. I like it. And he is a frequent <laughs> speaker at conferences and events around mm-hmm. the world. He is also a regular contributor to a, lo- a variety of publications, including the New York Times, Ford, Forbes, and Wired. Where does it say I've Reality 2.0 in here? I've never been, well, it's 2021, so it's, you know, you early. You were doing this then? It just yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, there's more. I, I'm going to post this in some blog post somewhere. <laughs> so people can read it. Uh, Sean Powers is a technology expert, writer, and speaker who has been involved in the tech industry for over 20 years. He is the author of several books on Linux. Um, okay. So it's book? funny how I know where it's getting this information. So we are still on the masthead for Linux Journal. We are still uh-huh. listed as those, those things. Is it in the copying masthead. Kyle's bio? <laughs> no. So if you go to like Goodreads and Amazon, I am listed oh, as an author of correct. multiple issues. And so yes, that's true. books right. on yeah, Linux, yeah, it counts those. I know those that because I, I entered that data. Yeah. <laughs> so Carly entered it too. We, yeah, we entered a lot. Of, however many author fields we authored, we entered various yeah. people's names. Yeah, and so that's where it's pulling um, the information. So <laughs> Interesting. Um, in, a, in an incorrect sense, it's right. <laughs> yeah, and you began your career as a systems administrator and technical support specialist, and you quickly gained a reputation as a knowledgeable and reliable source of information on Linux and open source software. <laughs> I love this. This is a great bio. Great. Oh, no. Oh, here's where it's oh. not. Okay. <laughs> Powers is also the host of the Linux Unplugged podcast. Um, long <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Which is dedicated to exploring the latest news and trends in the world of open source techno- technology. Uh, in summary, 
Sean Powers is a leading voice in the world of Linux and open source software, and his work continues to shape the way we think about and use technology. You know, some good stuff. Having, having your worth, I mean, this is how they should verify people on Twitter, me. right? You know, ask this thing, is this person notable or not? And then just Chat give them a GPT check GPT verified. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Open GPT verified. Exactly. Oh, shit. It knows who I am. Oh, I just have to beat that out. It knows who I am. Oh, my God. This is freaking me out. Um. Oh, it's still going. Oh, it's wrong. Okay. <laughs> this is fun. We could do this all day. It's like training a dog. So um, no, narcissistic, too. <laughs> Catherine Jackman is a technology journalist, podcaster, and speaker who has been covering the tech industry for over a decade. She is the host of the Linux Action News podcast. No, wrong podcast. But it was close, whatever, which covers the latest news and developments in the world of Linux and open source software. Druckmann began her career as a, as a reporter and editor for various tech publications, including, this is funny, Linux Journal and Linux Pro Magazine. No. No, I have not written for any of these other publications that it says either, which is funny. Um, I am a frequent speaker of, at conferences and events around the world. I would say an occasional speaker, but sure. I, oh, I am known for my engaging and informative presentations, which often focus on the latest trends and developments in the tech industry. I am a passionate advocate for open source software and the principles of freedom and collaborations that, that collaboration that underpin it. That is accurate. Uh, I'm an active member in the open source community, and I'm involved in a number of projects and initiatives that promote the, promote the use and development of open source technology. I am also a leading voice in the world of tech journalism, and my work continues, oh, exactly the same as Sean, my work continues to shape the way we think about and understand the latest developments in the tech industry. There you go. Well, Sorry, yeah. your, Sean was the way we think about and use technology. Mine is industry, so I guess I'm more like business. Because yeah, you have a job. Because I have <laughs> <laughs> This is fascinating. Okay, yeah. I guess, I mean, I'll post all of this, I don't know, somewhere, blog post, newsletter, something. But it's 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 really interesting stuff. Well, so when they, if you haven't played with it, I encourage you to. Be sure to copy and pasta it or it will be gone. It will, yes. Yeah, that's another thing. I mean, I'm looking at this thinking, I don't want to lose some of this, but it's going to be gone if I go away from here. You yeah, know? just copy and paste. I guess just... Keep the window open, but it's part of the live web. You know, it, it's self-vanishing. It becomes snow in the water. Just yeah. copy and paste, man. Got to make a backup. Yeah, I know. It's a backups. Yes, we've come full full yeah. circle. It's all about the backup. It's all about the backup. It's all about the backup. It's all about backup. Yeah, and what? Babies. How does it all live? <laughs> you know, there's going to be the great unconformity. You know what an unconformity is in geology? It's where it's where there's, if you look at strata of, of rock that were, have been laid out over aeons, and then there's like a missing area. Okay, it goes up to 300 million years ago, but there's a big gap and there's 60 million years ago. That's an unconformity. Mm -hmm. And there's a, the great unconformity is like from 1.7 billion years ago to um, something over 500 million years ago. But there's about a billion year period where nothing is known about Earth's history. And that's when they theorized the snowball earth was going on because all the land was covered in snow and maybe the whole planet was covered in ice. But the main thing is that, um, that it, the ice scraped off everything that was relatively newer, pushed it into the ocean. And with the oceans, when they expand and they go under continental shelves, um, they subduct, they, they scrape everything away. So that's a terrible way of putting it, but the, Oceans are actually all young. The floors of oceans are young. And the, the new stuff has all been shoved under continents, been hidden there. Right. So and that's what's happening now. Turned that's into what's going to happen now. I mean, okay, we all save our stuff. Let's say we save everything and we give it to our heirs. We give the keys to our heirs so they can manage our digital assets. What if they just don't give a shit or they lose it or whatever? It's It's really gone. It's not like the photo album that's living in the garage and somebody finds it 50 years later. Yeah. Anybody who's gone. gone through their parents or grandparents stuff after they pass knows that we are far less interested in their valuables than, <laughs> than they, they were. were. Yeah, I know. And that's, you know, that weighs on my mind a lot because I'm going out of my way to save off lots of stuff that I know 
the things I own are of no interest to my heirs. And as for family photographs and stuff like that, I don't know. I kind of doubt it. This is where the the podcast gets a little uh, touchy-feely, but it's one of the reasons that I want to um, be sure to write books and continue to write online because I want some of me to exist in in that manner. Yeah, yeah. Leave a stain, everybody. <laughs> some kind. Stain the world in some possible Yeah, if I was leaving the YouTube channel for people to, like, know me by, well, that is shot. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm still depressed about that. That will never, uh, that, that's a wound uh, that won't heal. Uh, yeah. <sighs> but I can at least watch Buntu Family Theater, right? I know uh, that you posted that recently. Yes, and like I said, I mean, you know, I jokingly Ubuntu mentioned my Patreon, theater. but uh, there is a well, and you're Patreon supporter of mine, Catherine, so you yeah, have access to yeah. the digital yeah, but welcome I can't basket. Post a, I can only post what I have a link to, you know, here for the podcast. I mean, I see. Yeah, yeah. I can't share those with the outside world. Anyway, Bootu Family Family Theater is a. Linux I did repost classic. that one. Yeah, I did repost that one somewhere. Mm. It's probably on my live channel now. One of my favorite things I've ever created. Yeah. It's an overview of the different various flavors of Ubuntu, basically. (laughs) From, I don't know, 2010, Mm -hmm. 2009. Yeah, it was when Edubuntu was an add-on CD. Wow. You installed Ubuntu, and then you installed Edubuntu to get the educational stuff, which was critical for me because I worked at a school. Sure, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, I know that according to your bio that <laughs> yeah. actually, no, I don't think that was in there, but no, it was text. Um, I just entered some time. random names, by the way, and not, they all um, were contributors to Linux Journal. So I think, uh, uh, thank you here. So, you know, uh, we'll see. A, f- a future topic we might cover is actually school since you work at a school. Because my understanding now is that school is hell. The people I know that are in the school business, <laughs> they're in the, in the public school business is the parents all hate us and the regulators hate us and we're just yeah. screwed and we don't make any money. I haven't worked there since 2011. Yeah. Wow. And then I worked at a university for a year. Yeah. And then, and then I didn't. Hmm. Okay. My wife recently um, I, worked at a private school, but yeah. yeah well, that's we a whole other can of worms. So I think we, we've covered, um, we've covered our, our topics you know, pretty well. At least I hope we've piqued some interest out there. Uh, but but thank thank you everyone for listening listening that, thus far. I hope you've had fun with it, like like we clearly did. Uh, and next time, join us again because I think we're going to get into a little bit more of like how all this AI stuff works and uh, open models and, and a lot of open yeah. sourcey goodness. And this and was please come back for that. Yeah, this yeah. was like one of those episodes where like kids watch other kids open gifts on youtube <laughs> yes like you just like listen uh, to us play that was, yeah. yeah it's great that's the best <laughs> kind um so yeah thanks everyone and thank thank you sean and doc and and uh we'll yeah. talk to you next time